I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Cushy stewards, screaming babies, and reserving unreserved seats. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to The Passing Shot Extra Slice. This week we're discussing some of the most annoying pet peeves when watching live tennis, as suggested by our listeners. Let's play. Kim, I know this is a this is a topic I feel like has a million answers to kind of one very simple question. We're going to be looking at answers from our own experiences. We're going to be looking at answers from our listeners. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's so much <laughs> that we could talk about. Uh, we've been around, I guess, a lot uh, watching live tennis, and you know, tennis is great. See some fantastic matches, great players, but there can be some moments where you just feel so rattled by other fans or other members of the crowd who are doing something really irritating and you just wish that you could maybe like eject them from the stadium or or from the court. Um, and this might be, you know, a Grand Slam or it could be a Challenger tournament. And I think a lot of our listeners are like hardcore tennis fans. They go to a lot of live tennis and they will really sympathise and resonate with some of the things that we're going to be discussing. Before we crack on with some of these pet peeves, we just want to give a special shout out to one of our listeners, Liz, who actually gave us the inspiration for this topic. We put this out as a tweet and it generated so much <laughs> conversation. People bringing, putting in their own pet peeves. So Liz, uh, thanks very much for um, making this episode of Extra Slice yeah, possible. Yeah, and I think maybe we should begin with uh, one of Liz's pet peeves, which is over-authoritarian <laughs> stewarding, where they make you stand where you can't watch the action whilst waiting to be let in. I know exactly what she means. Uh, and they just kind of, I guess maybe it's for health and safety and they're only doing their job, which is fair enough. But it's like when they deliberately make you stand like three meters away so you can't see anything. And, you know, you just literally missed getting onto the court and they've just, you know, started playing again. And you're like, ah, and, you know, the, the least they could do is to let you watch what's going on. Kim, do you know what I've, do you know, I already know what the solution to this is. Just watch all tennis from the promenade level at the US Open where... There's no shooting. It's just a free for all. You just go in whenever you want. Well, that's also another annoying thing. You know, when you go to the loo or you're like trying to time it so you get onto the court, you know, (laughs) once the change of ends is like, you know, not finished and you just miss out and you think, oh, I've got to wait two whole games. And then it's like the longest juice game that it could possibly be. And you're like, someone win the game. Well, Kim, I saw saw something the other day. Uh, I think it was 
I think it was Mark Petchy actually said on Twitter about, you know, you not being able to go in at like one love at like yeah, the start of yeah. the match and having to wait until like three yeah, games are over or, or whatever. What like, again, do you think that's, do you think that is like kind of connected to this well, point? Well, no, I think that that's is, fair. Do you feel like I people... think that is correct stewarding. Like people, yeah, a lot of tennis fans don't respect the change of ends rule and they'll try and get out and leave the 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 court you know in the middle of a game or you know when it's not the change of ends and you think oh you're such a novice at attending live tennis that's not how it's done you have to wait for the change of ends um so I certainly wouldn't expect stewards to let people in uh, unless it is a change of ends but for me it's like yeah I understand what Liz is saying with I guess jobs worth uh stewarding where it's like they could at least let you watch the action um without causing any disturbance to to the players on court but you know whilst you're waiting to to kind of take your seat okay well <laughs> let's move on to another i'll i'll leave i'll i'll get i get what you're saying i feel like we could argue about it all or day. sometimes sometimes i've had <laughs> oh okay safe enough a real can of worms i've had stewards that it will only let in like one or two fans per change of ends even though there is clearly a whole load of seats in inside I think I was trying to get into a Jamie Murray doubles match in Monte Carlo and the guy was just so slow and there was like about 10 people leaving and he would let like two people in and we were like why this doesn't add up to your maths and also the other week in Estoril <laughs> I got told off for using my phone which was on silent and I was just texting probably texting you or like trying to get a photo of Dan Evans and the woman told me to <laughs> To, to not use my phone. I was like, it's on silent. I'm not do- putting it up. I'm just like, you know, it was in my lap. It wasn't causing any disruption. So I think some security, well, not security, the stewards can be a bit over the top sometimes. Well, I didn't, I didn't realise, I know we've got some great kind of sporting rivalries in, in tennis, <laughs> but I didn't realise Kim versus tennis stewards is, is one of them. <laughs> no, normally they're fine. They're lovely. Um, and, you know, they do a great job. It's just the odd, the odd few. <laughs> Okay, right, let's move on. So uh, the next pet peeve uh, was suggested by Brenda Parry, passing passing shot listener, who said people sitting in the wrong seats or blocking the view for the people behind. Kim, what are your thoughts on yeah, this? Yeah, annoying. Um, I mean, <laughs> I have to own up something here. I do sit in the wrong seat quite a lot, but that's because... <laughs> that's because... <laughs> I buy the cheap seats and I will like if there's empty seats at the front of the court, I will, you know, and you and it's not like cut off by a big barrier. I will just go down and sit there. And if someone actually comes along, then I will move. But if you're at, I don't know, the French Open where no one turns up, then I think it's a waste to not, you know, put my bum on on the seat that um, is closer to the front of the court. What about you, Joel? Do you not do that? Am I being... Am I being rude to do that? Uh, do you know, it, it's just reminded me, uh, another pet peeve of mine linked to this is, what what are your thoughts about people who reserve seats like next to them in like unreserved areas? Um, it depends. Yeah. And then like they don't, then like no one sits there for like <laughs> half an hour or whatever. Well, like... it depends where you are because at Wimbledon you can't do that. But if you're at the Australian Open, they've got that rule where you can go out. And I think, is it like three change of ends? You're allowed to, to go out, use the toilets, get a drink. 
um, and then you can come back and it, it, you're you're okay to reserve your seat. But obviously at Wimbledon, that that I think the only time they allowed that was the Isla Mahu match um, as an exception. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, I had a friend who was at, I think they're on like the third day and and she was allowed to, because it was a really hot day as well. So they, they said, well, in this instance, you know, we'll allow it. But but normally, you know, you have to really control your bladder. It can be quite difficult at Wimbledon. And, well, I think if, if there's not um, a dearth of seats, I don't see a, I don't think reserving is like a massive issue. It just depends on the context, I think. The other thing that Brenda said was blocking the view for people behind. And I do agree with that because some people, what they like to do is they lean forward in their seat, meaning, you you know, half the court is blocked. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And also kind of like anyone like sitting in front, uh, sitting behind a tall person <laughs> yeah. is very annoying. Like it's just, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I remember, yeah, tall people particularly. I'm just like, you know, when you're kind of sat down. And then someone like kind of comes in on the road yeah, in front of your you and you're sinks. like, it's yeah. kind of like at a cinema. You're just like, oh, please don't, please don't sit in front of yeah. me. Please don't sit in front of me. <laughs> or at the theatre um, or something. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. I, and I'm always like, oh, they should have a separate area for tall people. <laughs> like you should have to sit depending <laughs> on whether you're like six foot or, you know, when you're like starting a, a running event and they like, you have to get into your pen based on like your speed. They should do that for like heights. Yeah, I think one of our listeners at Bondi Born um, said about leaning forward in the seat and also people using fans and therefore blocking the view of the court. Uh, so I guess they're referring to like the the nice like Spanish fans that kind of flap out and, you know, essential on a hot day. But yeah, it can be quite disturbing, I suppose. Well, I, actually, I guess that's like uh, umbrellas as well. You know, I, I've been at tournaments where people have umbrellas where you know it's obviously really hot and they're using umbrella to protect from the sun but again i've seen issues where you know uh, fans behind have been like put your umbrella down i'm <laughs> you know it blocks uh, it blocks well the exactly i mean you know i think it's rude if people don't consider who's behind them when they you know do something like that um but the other thing we had uh, joe uh, at prodigy rep v3 uh, talking about man spreading he said, yes, I'm a guy with long legs, but I also value my personal space. So don't manspread. Um, yep, yeah, I can I can attest to you that being very annoying. Uh, Joel, I hope you're not a manspreader. <laughs> 100% not. I'm very, if, if it's very crowded, if it's a very packed area, I will be very reserved. Kim, I get the tube every day. I, I can't, I don't have that manspread luxury. I, like, it's very tight. It's very cramped. And uh, I, I apply that almost to uh, when I'm watching uh, watching tennis from the side. I'm very kind of reserved and kind of keep everything contained to, uh, to one seat. However, I will say that when it's kind of like when I've been to the US Open, when I've been to the Australian Open and we're getting into like the late night and, you know, it's some like budget first round match and there's like six people there or whatever. And, you know, there's like, you know, six seats around me. I, I I will kind of just like, and I've had a long day of spectating. I will, I think kind of almost (laughs) just like go, yeah, just like relax, stretch my arms, stretch my legs, put my bag on the seat next to me and just be like, yep. Loving life. Oh yeah. No, it's nice. I mean, when you find like a quiet core and you just can sit back, have a nice drink and soak up the sun 
maybe put your legs out. I like the courts at Wimbledon, like the outside courts that have like the benches because I think they're a bit more like uh, free flowing. I, I don't feel like I'm restricted like I am on like a proper um, like grandstand. So I quite like the bench courts. But yeah, and another thing um, that we have had from the listeners, um, kids, kids that are not interested in the tennis um so at tennis chum I think Ellie she said yeah kids that are not interested in the tennis and have absolutely no respect for anyone that is around them um we also had at triple break point um saying children running to get autographs from players they don't even know <laughs> like move I've dedicated my life to this player get out of my way <laughs> um like I think you know it's great that children are watching tennis getting involved but yeah, if they're genuinely like interested, that's fine. But it's the kids that are just kind of getting in the way that can be quite annoying. <laughs> I mean, Kim, kids in general. I mean, uh, I see them at tennis and, you know, if they are loud or annoying or whatever in my head, I'm just like, I will pay. I will pay for your babysitter. <laughs> just stop it. Stop ruining t- like tennis live for, for well, everyone also, they else. can be quite distracting for the players because i'm sure in the roland garros final uh of this year i'm sure the second point of the match there was some baby crying out and rafa was like waiting to serve and they you know there was a big delay it it's just disrupts the rhythm of the match and i think everyone else in the stadium is like why have you bought like a newborn baby to the tennis <laughs> like this is the last place <laughs> And I think it must be quite stressful for the parents to have to like worry about what their child is doing as well. I, I almost, I feel like I almost, whenever I go on to a big tennis court and there's a big match going on, I kind of scope out the crowd and see if there are going to be any like problem areas. And I, I admit, if I see a baby or a small child, it gives me that little bit of anxiety because they're almost like a ticking time bomb. You know, are they going to like scream on... Yeah, and cause a player to double fault and, and lose the match or, you know, or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I almost get like anxiety, I think, from like seeing like fans, I just think are just going to be like, oh, it's going to be, this going to be an issue. Yeah, I've, I've had a few cases at Wimbledon, um, not at Wimbledon, at Eastbourne, where there's always a lot of kids there, a lot of local schools turn up. And it's a nice tournament for you just to like roam around and, you know, it's kind of, there is enough space for kids, but you get like hordes of them with their big like yellow tennis balls that they get the players to sign. And they go up to anyone, anyone in a tracksuit, they will go up and they'll think they're a player. Um, So they've gone up to coaches. And I mean, I even had some woman at a tournament, I was just wearing like Nike sweatpants and she was like, oh, do you, do you know the players? Are you like in part of their team and I was like no what gives you that idea and she was like oh you're just wearing like Nike I thought you like knew the players and so I mean hey I could have had kids coming up asking for my autograph (laughs) and I could have pretended that I was like ranked 200 in the world or something for all they know and kind of just linked to kids and I think we've I think it's been a growing trend or at least kind of in social media I feel like these people are outed (laughs) a bit more is um, um, this is a kind of the complete opposite and almost like I'm four kids in this in this kind of uh in this scenario is you know at the end of matches where players are like chucking like towels into the crowd and like we've seen a few instances at grand slams i remember there was one at the french open i can't remember who it was but chuck their uh, towel specifically towards a child and an adult (laughs) grabbed it from uh, you know know from like right next to them and i'm just like what on earth are you doing man 
I think there were two cases of that that someone filmed or they were circulating on Twitter. And it is really shocking. Yeah, they literally like barged the child out the way to like grab this towel. And I'm just thinking that's, yeah, it's rude. And um, you know, I'm just kind of skeptical thinking, oh, they're probably just going to go and sell that on eBay or something. And the kid is going to get a lot more <laughs> enjoyment out of it. I mean, that also brings into kind of the wider etiquette that you find at tennis um, tournaments. And I think for a lot of our listeners who are British, you know, and having attended British tournaments and going to Wimbledon, you know, the the atmosphere there is very quiet and like, um, you know, you're supposed to politely applaud. And, you know, Wimbledon, especially, they're not maybe that happy when people are like really going for it and really supporting and cheering. Whereas another, a lot of tournaments overseas, people are much more vocal. They're just like chatting away during the match. It's kind of much more normal, much more kind of relaxed. Um, what, what's your, what would you like, Joel? I mean, what's your kind of ultimate like atmosphere at a tournament? I want, I want the crowd to be engaged, but not to a point where, yeah, it's, it's distracting. I like to see, you know, I like to see crowds that are engaged and I'm not, you know, it doesn't bother me if like they're cheering for a certain player or or whatever. I just like to see people watch tennis and be inspired by the, the, the tennis set they're watching and appreciate it, you know, show some emotion, whether that's a clap, whether that's a cheer, but do it in a way that just doesn't put off, just doesn't put off the players. And it kind of brings me on to, Another pet peeve that one of our, our listeners has suggested, um, Carolyn Russell, who uh, going to the French Open again, um, kids uh, who do that. Are you going to do my impersonation? <laughs> <laughs> kids who shout, hello. <laughs> Kim, give me your, uh, uh, you're not getting off scot-free here. What's your, give me your rendition. Come on. Hello. <laughs> Personally, I actually really like this. Uh, and I, from when I've been at the French, it's it hasn't really been kids. It's been like men that just do it. And they're like, hello. <laughs> but it's normally just when the French are playing. Um, I don't personally mind that. But yeah, Carolyn, um, it said it drives her freaking nuts. So she really doesn't like it. <laughs> um, she also said, most of annoying of all people who stare and worst of all tut if you dare to shout out your support for a player. So... Yeah, I think we get that more at Wimbledon, isn't it? Like, um, you know, I, I've been on centre court a few times, uh, sort of supporting Rafa. And yeah, I guess maybe you get the odd look from someone else. Like my, my friend um, Judith, she, to circumvent the the no flags allowed rule, she designed a dress made out of the Spanish flag so she could wear it into Wimbledon. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so she's got a few maybe like odd looks from, I don't know, debenture holders. They're like, oh, you know, God, she's a natural fan. I, do you know, I kind of, you know, for me, you know, when I've gone to Grand Slams abroad, I actually almost like revel in that like standoff <laughs> nature where like, you know, I remember watching, you know, Andy Murray against, you know, an American at the US Open, for example. And I love that feeling of cheering the underdog yeah. or cheering like, the, you know being the part of the minority it really kind of it makes you for me it makes me like really kind of like oh this is proper tennis this is why you know I got into the sport because you know I can follow my favorite players around the world and you know I can cheer for them against 
you know, what it feels like is against all odds. I remember um, I, I watched, uh, I think the match I'm kind of referring to is, it wasn't against American, it was Andy Murray versus uh, Robin Hasser in the US Open long time ago. And I think Murray, I think Murray was two sets up and the crowd were kind of want baying for more tennis. And they, you know, they, hadn't, they weren't, a completely au fait with Murray at this time, I don't think. And, um, you know, they were cheering the underdog in Hassa to like kind of win a set and, and make it a competitive game. But, you know, as a Murray fan and I felt like I was kind of in a minority, I was just cheering. I was just sort of, get the job done, <laughs> come on. So I was like, yeah, I was kind of like reveling in that atmosphere of being, yeah, part of the, part yeah, of the minority. I, mean, I think if you're neutral, like cheering the underdog and wanting like great atmosphere is great. Like um, the Aussie fanatics, I think, are always quite a laugh. Um, maybe not so much at Wimbledon. I don't know. People might find them a bit irritating. But in when you're at the Australian Open, they are so entertaining. I love their chance. It really gets the crowd going. But if they were, maybe you were, you know, your favourite player was playing against like Kyrgios and the Fanatics were there, you might find them a bit annoying. <laughs> they might get on your nerves. Um, what I find annoying as well is that you know, at Wimbledon, you get, um, not just at Wimbledon, but from my experience, some of the matches I've been to at Wimbledon, later in the day, you get a lot of drunk people <laughs> who maybe have managed to get on the court <laughs> through like a resale or they've, you know, had one too many pims or they're maybe the debenture holders who have just been drinking all day. I don't know. Um, and they start, yeah, just like randomly cheering and like not being offensive, but being a bit like, I don't know. I just kind of have this perception like you don't really care about this match. You're cheering for like Steve Darcy's, you know, when he beat Rafa in the first round of Wimbledon and all these drunk men were just yelling <laughs> Steve. And I was like, this is really irritating. <laughs> but that's just because I'm a big Rafa fan. <laughs> if it had been, if I was neutral, that probably wouldn't have annoyed me so much. So I'm totally biased, you know, when it comes to that one. Have they been drinking too much of the, the Verve clique? Well, in, yeah, uh, they've been having the a bit too, too like much the... of their pebbles. <laughs> yeah. Or the Bollinger. <laughs> <laughs> or the pims, pims. oh the yeah pims. i mean i do like a good pims but some of the prices you know i mean i can't have an awful lot so <laughs> um one thing as well um whilst we're talking about the crowd um used to be a runner has uh told us that he really doesn't like it when people at tennis matches try to imitate a spanish trumpet fanfare or whatever that stupid ba 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 supposed to be um well i if he's listening, I hope he um, he's fine with like hearing the imitation <laughs> on a podcast. Because uh, uh, yeah, I, I, let me just do my impression. I think it would go. Well, if, 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 if someone's caught doing that at Wimbledon and it's it's that particular rendition, we'll all know it was you, Joel. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean. Also, people talking loudly and not knowing the players at all um, at Leeds uh, Libra Librarian. Yeah, this one is annoying when people don't know anything about tennis and they're like watching and commenting. That annoys me quite a lot. Do you know, I um, I, I think like, you know, I'd, maybe Kim, granted, rightly or wrongly, when I when I go into live tennis situations, you know, probably like, you know, quite seasoned tennis fans i i kind of go around maybe a little bit <laughs> smugly being like i know more tennis than you i know all the insides inside out gossip and you know all the players etc I, I i remain humble about it but 
you know, there are always going to be moments where, you know, you're sitting next to someone and talking about someone, you know, they're talking about a player and they say a fact wrong and then you're like next to them and you can be like, <laughs> oh, actually, he's ranked uh, 36 in the world. I do like those sorts of getting I, I the, do like, the edge on like someone. I mean, you could just if you didn't know, just look it up <laughs> on the on the app. And then you could just pretend you hadn't looked it up and be like, yes, ranked thirty six in the world on a three match winning streak. Uh, lost their previous head to head love and one or something. Yeah, I mean, I have been to tennis with like people who aren't really tennis fans, and it's a bit tiring because you have to explain everything. So I do think it's one of those sports where it's, yeah, it's kind of nice when you've got like a group of you and you all know. I mean, I'm fine with people not knowing who like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a player. Eager Swiatek is. I'm fine with people not knowing who she is. She's like a new up and coming player. But I would expect people to know the Wawrinkas and the Chilliches of the world uh, as an example. Do you know, for me, that that has actually brought up a, yeah, a pet peeve of mine is, is you know if you are going is going to tennis with non-tennis people it's almost like um you know when you're in a cinema and and it's someone like asking you like oh oh what's happened what's happened what's happening next uh i didn't understand that can you explain that and uh yeah i if i'm with i feel like my best situation at a tennis live tennis event is with other tennis fans where i can talk free-flowing don't have to explain anything and we can all kind of watch Malek Yaziri without <laughs> me having to explain, you know, who he is. Because, you know, he's one of the greatest uh, Tunisian <laughs> exports of our generation. Well, he here. is. Um, I think also you need a right balance. You don't want someone that's going to talk all the way through the match. But you want just the right amount of conversation while you're watching a match together. Um, and I think... Yeah, when you can find that balance. I guess it's like looking for a relationship in life, isn't it? You, you need to look for the right tennis fan to, to go to events with. Um, but yeah, we also had double fault cheering as a pet peeve. That's from at Bell Bumbles. I think we could all agree that that's not a good thing to do. It's not very respectful. Um, and I feel that maybe... I will do it in the comfort... I might do it in the comfort of of my living of my living yeah, room. Yeah, where no one else can see. Uh, but yeah, I would never do that. I I would not do that in a in a public in a public setting. Um, in interestingly, actually, I was watching the um, there was a documentary on on the BBC uh, yesterday called When Andy Won, which was about his uh, um, which was about his victory at Wimbledon over Novak Djokovic in the uh, whenever it was. Um, 2013 uh, Grand Slam final and um, they kind of told the story through kind of the perspectives of, of different fans and and one of the the fans who was who was there um, he said that he got told off by someone for cheering when Djokovic like made you know like unforced errors and he was like you're not you know you're not meant to do that but he kind of his kind of um, you know his kind of reason for it was you know a Brit hadn't won a Grand Slam in like well, seven, male, seven years Brit, or, male or whatever. And yeah. yeah, sorry, a male Brit hadn't won a, a Grand Slam in, in at Wimbledon in, in 77 years. And he was kind of like, you know, this is the best chance we got. So Let I'm going to do whatever well I cheer, want. Yeah. And... <laughs> so, you know, it's I think that, you know, it's like it's like, yes, I I, I agree in, in principle. But, you know, like when you just like want something know, so desperate to happen. I you get so caught up in the emotion. I guess it's more like just keep it to yourself. Yeah, I mean, it? I've 
I've, you know, when you're at home with your family and like you're watching a massive like World Cup penalty shootout, you know, or epic Formula One race or something. Yeah, have been known to get quite into it. Language perhaps leaves a lot to be desired. But yeah, if you're in a public domain and someone double faults, yeah, you do not want to be like clapping because you're going to get a lot of evil stares. Similarly, evil stares go to the person who leaves their phone on and it rings and everyone's like, oh dear. Um, And you do not want to be that person because you get like a look of shame uh, bestowed upon you. I remember my friend accidentally left her mobile on and it was, uh, we were at Queens and Andy Murray was about to serve and we were like sitting behind and it was just like, I don't even know what ringtone it was. Um, but I just felt mortified that I was sitting next to her. Um, she took a while to turn it off, (laughs) but even when I think about it now, I sort of laugh awkwardly about it. And I think before we draw to a close, Joel, uh, we'll, we'll give Liz our last, our last word on this. So another of Liz's pet peeves. <laughs> she said, also people, often men, but not exclusively, showing us their horrible toenails because they're wearing sandals. Even worse, when they're in the row behind, resting their feet on the seats in front so their feet are near your head. I just find that so funny. Um, yeah, I guess we don't want to see people's horrible toenails. We don't want feet by our head um but of all the pet peeves i i wouldn't have thought of that one uh it's quite niche but i don't know <laughs> sounds like a ve- sounds like a personal experience yeah. <laughs> uh more than a general i might start peeve. looking at people's feet before i go and sit near them on a on an open court just just in case they wave them in my face um i mean you can also throw in i guess people with bo or i don't know I, what i find annoying as well just one more thing Empty court, you're sitting there, thousands of seats around you, and someone comes and sits right next to you. And you think, why? What on earth has compelled you to choose the seat right next to me when there was plenty of others to choose from? Maybe, maybe they well, really yeah, like I mean, me. it could be quite, you know, flattering, but I like to, you know, be able to have my elbows out <laughs> like Jill. Maybe they're a passing shot <laughs> fanatic and they've spotted you and are just like, oh my God, this is my only chance. To sit next to uh, uh, Kim McKenzie from maybe, the passing shop. Maybe so. I'm sorry if we've offended anyone on this on this <laughs> podcast. Anyone with with toenails. I mean, my toenails are pretty rank, so I'm not having a go at anyone with toenails or people who wear sandals. Um, I'm not saying people should wear socks with their sandals or anything like that. Um, and you know, if you do lean forward in your seats and cheer double faults and have kids that run <laughs> around after players, so be it. Um, we're just kind of giving you. We're not going to judge you. Yeah, we exactly. won't judge you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you have any other pet peeves uh, at live tennis as a fan, uh, we'd love uh, we'd love to hear them. Um, so yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, let us know your uh, most detested uh, pet peeves uh, on Twitter at Passing Shot Pod. Um, you can email us at uh, Passing Shot Pod at gmail and you can uh, tell us on Facebook as well um, at Passing Shot Pod again. But yeah, hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Who knows? Maybe it'll be part of a series, Kim. This is just going to be part one of tennis's live tennis's greatest pet peeves. Well, I, I apologise for my rant earlier in the show about the over authoritarian <laughs> stewarding. But you know, it's obviously yeah. There's a lot to talk about on the subject, so. Uh, Keep them coming, guys. Uh, we can do a part two. Uh, give us some more thoughts on this uh, and we'll we'll get back to you. <laughs> so uh, until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. 
Thanks for taking the time to listen to our show. We're supported by every one of our fans in the Passing Shot community. If you want to become one of them and get the latest updates from your tennis catch-up service, then all you need to do is follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at Passing Shot Pod. And if you like what you hear, then why not tell your friends or leave us a rating and subscribe? Thanks for listening.